I'm in the tech field, but also I get a bit scared as well. So I just, I don't, you know, I'm openly telling people in the podcast. I'm, I'm a bit scared. Like I'm, I've gone in my little man cave and just uh, going to hibernate, just trying to process what's going on or just forget about it and let it whack me in the face. Welcome to Happy Millionaire, a show about how to make profit with a positive impact and stay happy along the way. So today we're chatting about how to boost team motivation in 2023 what we mean by blissful failure, and we also run through Rupi's most impactful books that he's rereading in 2023. One of these books was The Mum Test by Rob Fitzpatrick. It helped me ask better questions and more deeply understand my customers. But first, we're going to get into our experiments with GPT-3 and what we found out. Enjoy. My weekly Spotify is so good at suggesting music to me that I would have never have searched, right? Like never in a million years would I have come across like some band that's got 500 listens and then Spotify knows somehow through the magic of its algorithm that this is going to be a winner for for Rupee. It's amazing, right? What's happening right now with artificial intelligence, artificial general intelligence or whatever you want to call it, machine learning, is pretty phenomenal. I've had a few experiences. I'm assuming you've messed around with uh, that G chat GPT or whatever oh, man, it's, it's called. So good. Yeah. So it's had like something crazy, like two million downloads in the first week, or signups in the first week. The first time I had it suggested to me that AI is going to be like this revolutionary thing, it was when I had a conversation with um, Mo Gowda on the podcast about his book, Scary Smart, which I think everyone should read. It's a fantastic read. Oh, it's great. I'm a huge fan of this. It's amazing, yeah. I mean, his previous books on happiness are phenomenal. Scary Smart is a bit of a departure from that. So it's all about how um, his experience at Google uh, sort of formed his thinking about the way of the world and what he's fearful of, what he's optimistic about. Um, the crux of the book is basically like machines are taken over and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, you're going to get disrupted. It doesn't matter whether you're in healthcare, mm. it doesn't matter whether you're in you know, CRM, B2B SaaS, whatever it might be, including the creative um, aspect. And I didn't believe that. So when I was chatting to Mo, I was like, look, mate, there's no way like, you know, it's going to replace a podcaster or a musician or, you know, a, a recipe creator, a chef, like how can you like generate this amazing creativity, this intuition? It, it can only come from like years and years of refinement. I'm wrong. I'm completely wrong about that. And and I didn't realize that until I started messing around with this chatbot. Chat, GPT, mm. blow my mind, man. You know what was scary? Um, in Bliss Growth, we have um, we were answering some questions back from one of the candidates. And there's some really hard, deep questions they had about one of the ideas were, um, looking to launch. Do, do tell the listeners about what Bliss Growth is because I don't think we've talked about it properly. Yeah, in the pod. so Bliss Growth is my startup studio. So think of like how Warner Brothers, all of these, or even like musical business, musical like think of the labels, right? How they put together musicians in the case of music label, musicians and songs. They you know really tie those two together. Um, we do the same thing in Bliss Growth, but with ideas. So we come up with business ideas that we believe are huge, are going to be ones that will make a big difference to the world. And at the same time, we try to find founders or um, the relevant people to build these businesses with. So we're really the middle goat between 
these ideas and also find the right founders. So it's like a studio, which is really mm. fun and exciting. It's all about creativity. It's about identifying problems and also trying to understand who's the right human to solve this problem. Um, yes, we support them, but really that person will be leading the project. So you know, essentially we're speaking to one potential founder about this idea. And they gave three very technical questions to us. We replied to three. Two we did as humans. You know, we typed it, right? Or still a computer, but, you know, we typed it. And the third one, we, th- we threw it to the machine. And the machine reply was, like, better than our response. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, I don't really need to write back. Like, it was genuinely better. And I even asked for my, so my second company, Reach Desk, is about giving corporate, like, giving, allowing businesses to send gifts to anyone. We basically said, hey, write, the, write what um, a software would look like if it was doing gifting. Um, and it basically wrote down how we would describe our business in a better way than what we would have. Like, it's mental. These are really well-thought structured sentences that are actually as good as a branding strategist. Um, yeah. Like, I'm being serious, it's that good. So, yeah, yeah it's very scary. I'm not, to be honest, I haven't really thought deeply and deeply about it. I think there's so many use cases of how this is going to work. But I don't know, I'm one of those weirdly, I'm, a, I'm in the tech field, but also I get a bit scared as well. So I just, I don't, you know, I'm openly telling people in the podcast, I'm, I'm a bit scared. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going in my little man cave and just uh, going to hibernate, just trying to process what's going on or just forget about it and let it whack me in the face. I don't know, even me, who's at the forefront of all of this, I, I'm i a bit um, like struck by it. My prediction is that two core things are going to have to come back into play. One is universal basic income. Yeah, And I think our focus is going to be on different things. It's not going to necessarily be menial tasks. Uh, and, I, and I say that with a lot of reservation. It's going to be on sort of like more inward looking. And I, I think happiness, not to plug the podcast, I think happiness is going to be the core sort of focus for the human race mm. once robots and artificial intelligence systems have figured out a lot of things. Because if you think about it, if you disassociate politics from politics itself, and you literally allow an intelligence system to make all the decisions to increase revenue generation, to uh, maximize productivity whilst uh, lowering environmental output, uh, environmental uh, emission output, you, you know, a lot of the big problems that are caused by humans can be fixed. And then the big thing is happiness. So how do we optimize for happiness? Those are the things that we're going to mm. spend a lot more time thinking about. All right, what have we got? What, what, what topics have we got? Okay, so these are the books that I'm rereading in 2023. I think people always have like, you know, this thing, oh, these are the new books, or this is the latest thing, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read. These are the books that I'm rereading, right? That Because I think... Mm some of the best books are ones that I've read multiple times and ingested and actually put into practice. So the first one is um, Michael Singer's happiness book. I forget. So. Yeah, that one. Do you know what? That's on my list as well, funny enough. Is it? That's on my list. Yeah, yeah. I've read it probably four times, but I probably am going to reread that one. We have been trained, for whatever reason, we've been trained to judge, right? We are trained to judge yeah. other people, whether it's like, they're in my way, I'm not in their way, you know, whether it's in the roads, whether it's you walking, whether it's email, whatever it is, in whatever environment, you are the superstar in your own movie and everyone else is sort of like, you know, cameo roles and, and characters. Supporters, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and Michael Singer talks about how you need to... Um, generate your own sort of uh, happiness by trying to help other people be happy and literally like um he has this exercise where you're like in your head you're like i'm sending love to you 
Uh, whether you're meeting that person, whether mm. you're just walking past them, like I'm just expressing love to you. I'm I'm putting out love to you. I'm putting out love to you know this person or via email or whatever. It sounds a little bit woo woo, but I consciously mm. try and and you know generate that sort of like loving. Uh, mentality every time I'm around and just interacting with people. And that actually makes me a lot more peaceful because it makes me a lot less judgmental. And I think we all have, particularly work, like working and living in urbanized environments, I, I think that really helps me personally. So yeah, that's why that's a, a book I'm going to be rereading. Um, another one. Uh, so I just read The Mum Test. It is the book. Can I guess what it is? It sounds yeah, so on. funny. This mum yeah, test, right? Is it to prove, like, to determine whether you're in the right zone to have a kid, or like to be no. loving, or is it? <laughs> is it like to determine? Like, I don't. Actually, go. I'm gonna stop playing this game. It's probably is it's a crap game. Go on, carry on. It's it's a uh, a book about starting uh, businesses or starting ideas or starting like a side hustle, whatever it might be. But it's um, basically a, a a way of interviewing potential users and figuring out whether you're actually providing a solution to a problem um, before you start <laughs> so anything. Wrong. So yeah, nothing, nothing to do. And the reason why it's called the mum test is because like, um, let's say you have an idea and you literally go to your mum. You're like, mum, I got this idea, and like, obviously because she's your mum and she doesn't want to hurt your feelings, she's going to be like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, yeah, yeah. And you, you're like, you know, w- would you buy one? And and she's going to be like, of course, yeah, I'd love, I'd, I'd definitely buy that, like 100%. Well done, son, you know, off you go. And then off you go and you, you think about the idea and whatever, whatever. Well, well, basically, to a less extreme level, your friends, uh, your potential users or people that you know within your network are all mini versions of your mum who don't really want to offend you mm. unless they're brutally honest, unless they're like, you know, entrepreneurs themselves. They'll always be like, Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? I would probably buy that. Oh yeah, you know. And it's because of the that you're exposing your vulnerability to that person, and just because of social norms, we never really want to sort of like take people down, particularly if you've already invested some money in it, or you know, uh, you, you want to quit your job, or maybe you've even quit your job already to like go uh, ahead with this venture. You're always constantly think you know you you. Your friends are always looking out for you. And so the mum test is basically a way of asking questions about a potential business opportunity without revealing anything about your solution and actually getting to the crux of the problem that you're providing um, a service for or a product for, whatever that might be. And dude, it is a fantastic read. It's one of those books that is only like three and a half hours to listen to. So it's a very thin book my kind of book Mm. and it's something that you can reread over and over again it's got those actionable things and so the way we now ask questions of our users is completely separate to the fact that we know that we're providing them with an app solution instead of us asking the question oh like uh how often do you use our app or like what do you think about the recipes are they easy enough Forget all that. That's assuming people love the app and use the app every single day or, or multiple times a week. We're like, what is the hardest thing about maintaining your healthy eating uh, diet? Or what is the mm. hardest thing about going for a shop? Or like, wh- what is the, the thing that is the blocker for you when it comes to picking up your chef's knife and chopping an onion instead of like going for a takeout? Tell us about that. Yeah. That's where the gold lies. Yeah. And that's what the mum test is all about. Being a product manager is probably one of the most like like it's involves the most psychology because you have to try to ask things in such a way which are non like passive like it has to be where you're going to get the right answer in that one moment 
So I actually love reading product manager books just to help me understand um, how to ask questions to friends, in partners, in family, because sometimes you want opinions in a not like in a neutral way. And 100%. in product, you have to do it. Your whole business depends on it. So I find them great books that just you know help me realize what questions I should be asking and how. So I know, I know someone who's probably listening is not a product manager, but I think they're so useful. It teaches you to be a better listener and to have mm. better conversations. This whole like user research piece, it, it's fascinating, man. Uh, it's, it's great. And as yeah. a doctor as well, I think I've already got that sort of level of you know, deep questioning that is part of our, our DNA or is the way we've been trained. But yeah, it's just like heightening my skills in this, uh, this area. Okay, so you're going to read the mum's test. You're going to read yeah, the, the mum um, test. Untethered um, Soul. Yeah, Michael Singer and um, product-led growth. So I, I read that very recently. It applies to anyone in that B2B or B2C area of subscription or SaaS products. And, um, you know, it describes the unsexy things of minimizing churn and maximizing retention rather than, you know, improving your top of funnel and improving your onboarding flow and getting acquiring more users. That's sort of like, you, you know, the... The sexy mm. stuff. It's kind of like you know. Would you rather be the striker or the or the defender or goalkeeper? Like everyone wants to be mm. the striker, but actually, you know, your defense yep. and uh, your goalkeeping um, is uh, is just as important. Talking of which, uh, I'm sure you watched the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, I've changed the subject, but yeah, I feel you know it's an incredible event and it was really good football all the way through. The conversation of Messi Ronaldo comes up all the time, and after Ronaldo's yeah. you know recent uh, random bursts, I feel that. The, the right guy won. <laughs> it's harsh. But, you know, the, yeah. I, feel, I feel that, you know, I think that, you know, even all the Ronaldo lovers, they all even, like I've you know, spoken to a few of, like a lot of those and they even say that, yeah, fair enough, Messi won. So, yeah. Everyone saw that like heart-wrenching moment when, I mean, love him or hate him, it doesn't really matter, where Cristiano left the field and he was just like crying his eyes out because he was like, I'm, he, knew, he knew he's never going to win a World Cup. He's never going to win you know, one of those major trophies. When I saw um, that Yogi Sadhguru live, um, he said something which was very related to this, I think. He said that in life, you need to learn how to be a blissful failure. And what he meant by that is that you can have all the dreams. We're going to have so many dreams, all of us, like every single person, right? Big dreams, little dreams. And the truth is, is that unfortunately on our last day, it's very likely that we may not hit some of them, right? It's just natural. We're not going to hit them. There'll be certain things that we want to have, like maybe his moments with um, our parents or um, winning some form of like award or some moment with your child you want to have. And, you know, you, it's not going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And you've got to learn how to be a blissful for that failure. So it's like you, you have to accept failing and do it in a blissful way. So if you can have that mindset today and just realize that, hey, look, I'm a I'm a blissful failure and I know I am right now, even today I've accepted that that has actually been one of the shifts I made, which has helped me. That's a sick expression. I'm going to use that. Or did you have any more books or? No, no, no th th those are my, my key books. The other one is inspired, but that that's basically. Oh, another sort that's a good of, one as well. I love that book. For anyone who's starting a tech uh, project or tech company, inspired is like a must read. It basically, if you're a non-tech founder, you need to read that book. All right, so why don't you do a quick summary on the four books, one lines of each one. All right, Michael Singer, all about happiness. Product-led growth, all about how to generate more, more revenue through doing the unsexy things as well as the sexy things. The mum test is about how to ask better questions. 
um, to figure out exactly what your product should do or, or sh- should strive to do. And Inspired is basically about how you should structure your product teams, uh, your tech teams, and think about who you should have on your org chart. Love it. All right, so those are Rupee's books for to wrap up the year. <laughs> <laughs> no, to start the year, Christmas. man. Reread, reread to, to start, start the year. Okay, reread, start the year. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, so I was going to start a thread to try to help anyone who's running a business or running a team because right now... I know what's on everyone's mind. Everyone is a bit stressed, a bit worried for 2023. It's not been an easy 2022 for everyone, right? You know, you've got the political stuff, you've got, you know, loads of cuts at work. And, you know, the truth is probably not seeing the last of it. It is, you know, everyone knows 2023 is not looking that good. And I've spoken to so many founders, so many people that um, run, te- manage teams, and they're all a bit worried. Like, how do I keep my team motivated in 2023? Like, what are things I can do? You know, I've invested in lots of companies. I've um, obviously work alongside many companies, the ones I've created. And I've tried to put together four different things that people can do so that 2023 can be a great year. And this is all around the team. So I've got four things, all right? So I'm going to kick them off. And they're not, I don't think they're new things, but hopefully there's some nuances about each one which might help. Um, so I'll go, I'll go a bit deeper, all right? All right? Hey guys, I want to take a quick break to thank you for listening to Happy Millionaire. We continue to grow because of the ratings and reviews we get. So if you haven't taken a minute to leave a review on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could. Your ratings and reviews mean so much to me. Thanks for being such a big part of the show's success. We're making the show for you to help you be or become a happy millionaire. So now let's get back to the show. So number one, tip number one is have a great all hands in the diary in the first two weeks of 2023. So what is an all hands? It means, you know, just gathering everyone in your team, in your business. You know, if you're remote, you know, having that Zoom or however you um, communicate with them um, and you want to get everyone together. And in that meeting, um, and this is also part of 2023, right? And all of my points touch upon it is that it's all about clarity, right? Mm. Have absolute clarity on the vision, where you're going, um, your goals. Most businesses have cut down budgets, cut down resources. You can't do everything now, mm. right? So your goals have evolved. And also your vision might have changed, right? Maybe the vision might still be the same, but the way in which you um, execute, i.e. the mission, right? That might have changed in all businesses. So I feel there's this big period, important period right now for the top, top people who are running the businesses. So we're talking about, you know, the founders or the CEO and that core group, They've really got to be absolutely clear on what that vision is. And trust me, if you're not clear, um, you're not going to inspire your team. And if you don't inspire your team, then, you know, 2023, you're just making it harder for yourself. I, I've been working on a vision document that I've been planning on sharing with the team, um, which spells out, A, what our sort of like key metrics and goals are for the next year. But B, also, this is something I got from a, a friend of ours. You give this this pamphlet to your customers and it basically spells out like what the company is doing in five years time and it's basically like a vision board that you're very very public about and so i'm basically trying to you know give that to my team as well and just be like this is what we're going to be doing in three to five years time this is like kind of what we're working for these are the immediate goals and this is sort of the trajectory of motion so yeah you have to give that clarity right now and you're mm. and what you're doing is perfect like having those takeaway items so that once they come out of that all hands they know what's going on so in my yeah. mind, yes, you can do these meetings. That bit's easy, right? And yes, you can do the basics and have the basic information. But the third, like the real level three, and this is the like the most important one, is like how deep and how clear is it really going to be? Because I think number one is easy. Number two is pretty easy. Number three is like 
harder and number four is even probably the hardest because you need even more time but it's to make sure all the execs are aligned with that message because what always happens i've done this before right is i rock up in the all hands and like i've i've I've, i think i've smashed it but then some of the execs then come to me hey like are you sure about that one actually they're right um because i haven't really run it past them so sometimes this is what happens is that you know founders or the main people are doing this little Bit, no, it's not little, but they're putting this information together, but it's not aligned with everyone. So that's like bonus number four is like align it with everyone, mm. right? And then I guess there is actually a level five now on that I'm brainstorming. Level five is once you've aligned with, you know, you've got, okay, number one is you present, like you've agreed to do the information. Number two is you present the information. Number three is actually you've got your exec team. Um, no, sorry, it's very, very deep and absolutely clear. Number four is you've got your exec team. And number five is then making sure your team can then collaborate and help you on that next step. That's number one. So get the your hands. Okay, number two, this around the personal development plans, PDPs, because right now, if you're an employee and you know, and you are good, you want to know exactly what your career progression looks like. You want to know how, like maybe your title changes. Um, you need to know roughly what the salary bands are if you do get a C progression. Um, these are the absolute items you got to do to get that promotion. Like that level of clarity needs to be mm. so clear that that person is excited to stay right like that's the level you need to aim for um number three is um managing expectations so i feel now we're in this era where people um i.e people that work in businesses they really want balance in their life and businesses want more output we've got this huge misalignment and so i feel what's going to be again very important again that word clarity comes in on just like what is important and what isn't that communication of both people speaking and being honest about the challenges they're having i.e you know if you're an employee you're going to say hey look i want to I can't, I need to enjoy my life as well, you know, at certain points, right? Because I need to go do my things. And at the same time, the manager has to be honest and say, look, I'm getting pressure from the top. Can we do this or can we not? And like those conversations are going to be so, so important for 2023, I feel. That's my prediction. And just being able to communicate better, but also managing expectations is going to be a big part. All right, the final one. I hope everyone's enjoying it, but this is the final, final one. This fourth one is like working with the best people. So mm. I think if you are good at your job, you want to 100% work with other people that are good with their job. And unfortunately, there are people that probably aren't all in, right? And that's normal. It's in all businesses you find 10, 15% of people that just aren't all in. And yeah. I feel like, unfortunately, in 2023, it's going to be so, so important because you've already cut down the team. It's really important that everyone is um, stepping up and doing their part. And also ensuring that businesses and the ties to working with the best is the quality of hire is very important. So businesses obviously have to hire new people and the quality of these people is going to be absolute key because i feel that's not a metric that's talked about much people want to work with the best and that quality of hire is going to be a big topic so just to summarize the four number one is having an incredible all hands meeting in the diary already and just be absolute clear on your vision goals and culture number two is having really good pdp so personal development plans for each person be clear on how they can progress and um, what how their titles will evolve um, number three is managing expectations um, with your team because i know there's so much to get done and you know your team member is already stressed and got loads of items on so just be absolutely clear on what needs to be done and number four is making sure that you know you as a manager are hiring the best people for your team um, you know removing any underperformers or people that probably aren't the right fit for that team or role and you know ensuring that the future people you hire are the best so that quality of hire is really important yeah so my four yeah. things that, that matches on quite nicely with this sifted article i i read earlier in the year actually about at the time it was like massive demand for technical officers um and and very little supply and it's like well what are they actually looking for and it's about vision it's about team fit it's about culture um all those sort of like 
I mean, you could call them intangibles. I think that there are definitely tangible things that you can do to create that within within your uh, mm. company. Um, but yeah, no, that th- those really do align quite nicely with that. I think it's just about the depth, right? I think that's what it is. More about the depth, right? I think you can do. I think these things are all obvious, but there's just levels to how you execute them, and I think that's where you determine who's, you know, if you're a great manager or leader or if not it's like because you have to go really in the weeds and it's really mm. difficult to do these things really really well it's really really hard yeah um, it's a bit like going to the gym right you can you know the routine you know the routine <laughs> of what to get done but like to do those extra reps or to do those extra thing extra like you know look at your form to do those extra reps to stay in the gym for 45 minutes rather than 20 minutes like me <laughs> you know you have to Dude, um, you are you're obsessed with the gym right now, right? Aren't you? I can tell that. Oh yeah, I've got my life. PT. <laughs> but I think I think gym and exercise, like that game, is so applicable to so many things. And because yeah. I know my gym instructor always says, "Hey, there's levels. Come on, man, there's levels." And I feel like that is, um, it's like with everything. Time in market, man, for sure. Emmett, do you want to come on? No, I'm worried that chatbot is going to take my job, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring on you Amit slash GPT-3. <laughs> okay, so main takeaways for me was um, on the mum test, you, you were talking about, um, initially you said when you ask people for feedback, they kind of don't give you proper answers because just the way society is, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, and... You know, when you come across a problem like that, you kind of think, oh, that's just the way people are. But you could actually just reframe it as to, oh, shit, maybe I'm not asking the right questions. So mm. it's not really a problem with society. All this time, I've been asking the wrong questions. And that's why people give me these like rubbish answers. So yeah, yeah just think of ways that you can frame the question so you get to the crux of the matter and so that they don't have to offend you. Uh, And the second part of it was um, when you're asking them more about your problems, uh, sorry, their problems rather than your solutions, you're really listening to them rather than just trying to say your bit. And then the second takeaway was for the stay motivated bit. So uh, you guys talked about doing it on a team level, which was the all hands on meeting. So getting clarity and alignment and then setting out PDPs and getting clarity and alignment with that. But there's levels to this, uh, so um, you could you could go further with that because I, I don't know if you remember Rupi when you were working as a doctor. We have these kind of annual reviews and appraisals where you're meant to do a PDP and things. What, yeah, what was your, yeah, they're your proper when, like when tick box exercises. But that's because like it's because everyone is doing it because they have to. It's like a prerequisite for like passing the year almost. Like it's not like an exam you have to pass. It's just like something you have to do. And because it's enforced and there isn't like a genuine energy around them, people take, you know, just take the piss and just like, oh yeah, yeah, tick box. Sounds like you guys yeah, are like yeah, chicken fine. factory. It's like one of you guys yeah, got yeah. thrown in. It's like a little kid. Like, yeah, no, it doesn't yeah. sound good. It doesn't nice. sound yeah, very it, personal. It's not great. It's, it's bullshit. No. It's, it's coming from a very like fake, fake place. So like the levels to this is pe- people either don't do these kind of exercises or they do it as a tick box exercise. But wh- when I was working with Jay, like, I-, I don't know if you remember, you said, oh, send me your goals. What do you want to get out of this and all of these things? 
and holy shit, oh, yeah, I never got really anything care. back for a month. I never got <laughs> yeah, anything yeah. back for about a month. <laughs> yeah, mate, because I'm used to it all being nonsense. <laughs> mate, you you really like you really cared about it. You were like, uh, okay, like okay, let's go through it. So like to to do these things and not go through the motions to really mean it. So if you're a manager, really care about it, or even if you're the person who's being reviewed, you can go into it with uh, like a, a more of a genuine lens and really trying to get things out of it. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I kind of I feel that I missed out on that um, PDP for this podcast, man. What, what the hell? We didn't have one. Oh, it wasn't for the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can do one. Yeah, but I want it for the podcast, though. We're doing a project together. I should be doing my PDPs, man. Come on. Thank you so much for listening through to the end. I hope you enjoyed that. And I'm going to be real with you guys. I like winning. I mean, I really, really like to win. And winning to me right now is making a success of this show and building our community of happy millionaires. And I need your help to do this. Can you send this show to two or three friends, maybe your business partners or anyone else that could find a bit of joy listening to this show? If you also want to get in touch to give us any feedback, tell us what you like, what you don't like, even just about something we might find interesting to talk about on the pod, you can get in touch with us through the website, happymillionaire.club. Thank you so much for your support and we'll see you on the next one.